Welcome to the Sunday, May 7th edition of the PFF Forecast. We've got more awards uh, to talk about. We talked about rookie, uh, offensive rookie, and defense rookie of the year awards and some season-long uh, props for rookies last week. We're now going to the awards overall this week. We've also got a little bit of deciphering what the Carolina Panthers are actually saying. Are they really thinking about sitting out uh, Bryce Young for the start of the season? We'll discuss. It's going to be a great pod. And by the way, the Lakers won, so it's fantastic. Let's rock. Um, I, I should ask, uh, I know that Arjun and I had a wonderful day yesterday, Brad, because the Lakers won, uh, they covered, uh, it was fantastic, but the, probably the bigger betting, um, uh, day yesterday was had by people who bet the Kentucky Derby and a, a relative long shot one, I think it was made right 14 to one, I believe was what, uh, that horse closed at, um, and ended up winning. So I gotta ask you, did you give away all of your good bets to your dad? What happened there? I hopped on Mage at the last second, but just to cover all the other losing bets I had. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Like I literally put $300 worth of bets in, and I put 20 bucks on 15 to 1 on Mage, maybe five minutes before post. Uh, I'll shout out a couple smart, sharp people like Drew Dinzik at Whale Capper. Anyway, a couple sharp people out there were, were talking Mage. So thank you. Thank you to those people. Yeah, I, I um, was at a wedding, and so we bet on it while we were waiting for the wedding to start. And I used to kind of follow horse racing somewhat closely. Like one of the first machine learning models I, I built was to like try and predict um, horse racing outcomes. And it's actually a really good sport to try and do that. in. there's um, a really famous uh, book. I think actually he wrote a book, um, Bill Benter, who mm. um, came up with a phen phenomenal model, really one of the first, I think, true machine learning models uh, to, to try and um, win at, at gambling um, and did so in, in horse racing, but had, I had none of that. So I'm literally just pulling, you know, whatever out of my whatever. And, um, but I, I should have asked, um, my, my girlfriend's dad follows it super closely. And apparently he was all over mage. And this is like the one year I decided not to hit him up. So, uh, I did not bet on him. Um, but the, the Lakers thankfully, uh, thankfully made up for it. Um, Arjun, I assume because you don't like golf, you don't like horse racing. Um, so I won't even ask you, I guess. I do like Bill Venter though. I, I've instead of watching the Derby yesterday, I, I read the Bloomberg article that they did on Bill Venter for like mm. the tenth time, just because I think it's such a fantastic article and like just learning about everything he did in his career to get to where he is. I thought it was you know he's a probably like one of the more legendary gamblers there are out there. So yeah, as much I didn't watch the horses at all. I followed you know who won stuff on Twitter, but I did read the Bill Venter article again. Uh, and by the way, uh, that article was resurfaced in our printing press discord. Uh, all members of the podcast who are not yet a member of the printing press discord, you should get involved, um, especially during the off season when, you know, the times to bet are really when news breaks and and we bet on everything. The Academy Awards, Kentucky Derby, Masters, the whole deal um, in there. So it's a lot of fun. But someone posted that uh, that article again. I recommend it as a great read. I was actually just thinking, I don't, is there a movie out there on that? They like, we should write the script and... Uh, try and try and make that because it's a phenomenal story like he's like racing but he's betting on horses in asia 
like trying to keep it so that no one realizes the way that he's betting because it's a parimutuel um, uh, uh, sports book. It's not really a sports book. It's it's um, a parimutuel betting in, in Asia. And so he has to like stay undercover until they like figure out what he's doing. Uh, it's a phenomenal story. Uh, so yeah, I, is there, do you guys know if there's like a documentary or anything out there? I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Anyways, um, go check that out. Uh, let's Let's get to the first topic of conversation here which is um a little bit on the Panthers so the Panthers obviously took Bryce Young number one overall um and there's a story uh about um out in, on pro football talk it says Panthers have no timeline for playing Bryce Young there's a presumption that the Panthers quarterback will start right away that presumption may not become the reality earlier this week Panthers GM Scott Fitter explained the process for deciding when to put Young on the field at quote we're going to rely on our coaches <laughs> to decide when to play him. Um, so this sounds like a lot of, of early uh, off-season baloney, um, but I kind of want to figure out whether we think there's any uh, smoke to this fire and if there's anything that we can glean from this that might help us bet. So I'll start with you, Brad. What did you make of this? So, look, I mean, the last time Andy Dalton was on a team where a team took a quarterback very high was the Chicago Bears. He did play. Uh, he was QB1, an infamous graphic from their Twitter account uh, that it still mm -hmm. goes viral every once in a while. So that was legitimate. I think with Bryce, he's a priority guy. He's played high-level Alabama quarterback for a while. Carolina doesn't really have much to lose at this point. But I guess I will – and I'll say this too. Carolina said they weren't sure who they wanted at number one. I think that was bogus for about the last month of the process. Uh, they said that, you know, it came out of the wire, all these things. There were different, different, you know, perspectives in the building and all that. But long answer short, I think that's kind of gamesmanship. I'd be surprised if Young is not starting a week one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Brad. And, um, you know, you don't trade up to number one if you're not going to, like, think this guy is a pro ready starter and like even if he is someone that, ha that has like unlimited ups so like even if they took anthony richardson at number one you'd still think they traded up all the way to number one to, to draft him and, and start him immediately so we could hear reports of you know what uh trevor lawrence kind of went through his rookie year where like he was taking half mm -hmm. the snaps with gardner Minshew, and but i don't think like you know i, I don't think frank reich is like that bad or that dumb in terms of like comparing him to urban meyer um and i do think like especially for Reich and, um, you know, his, his entire offensive coaching staff, they do want to see what they have in Young, and you probably want to give him the most reps if possible. So I I would expect Young to start week one. I think it is just a lot of coach speaking, saying, oh, yeah, Young isn't just going to be given an opportunity. And if you look at, like, some of, you know, Dalton's stats and, like, PFF grades, like, he did play pretty well last year. So I mm -hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, thought he, he could be a viable guy to start week one. But I do think at the end of the day, it will be Bryce Young. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think this is both things can be true. So this is both coach speak and I think there's a real shot that Andy Dalton plays. And, and the reason is exactly what you said just there, Arjun, which is that Andy Dalton was a top 10 graded quarterback last year. Um, and you look at him play and I've I've had to do this for many years and I, you don't see it, right? It's like he makes inopportune uh, plays that are just historically terrible. Um, and those are the ones that you see on the highlights. But he is super consistent. He's super accurate. And that stuff shows up. So I could see them rolling with Andy Dalton. I really do think this is more cover for like, you know, don't over, you know, don't freak out if he throws a few interceptions in, in, uh, in camp or whatever. But I do think it's interesting because we talked about the, the season totals for Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud 
last year, regular season passing touchdowns under 22 and a half, minus 120, over 22 and a half, minus 110. Uh, and passing yards was 37, is now 37, 50.5 uh, over plus 100, under is minus 130. And I think this lends some credence to the unders that you, Andy Dalton, is it fair to say he's the best backup in the in the league? I mean, well, I'll not sure Sam Darnold. Right. Well, Sam Darnold's so, a like, starter, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. But you know, I so it's interesting. I, I think there the the one thing that I would say here is there's probably going to be some sort of ownership, um, you know, uh, decision here around Bryce Young, and I would say that um, they probably want to see the guy that they traded all that capital for uh, quite pretty quickly. But do you guys see? I mean, the season win total seven and a half. Like, is there a, an angle that you might play with any of these bets right now? I still am not buying Carolina. I didn't love their draft. I think John um, uh, Mingo is a solid receiver out of Ole Miss, but I don't, I don't think he's some, like, dynamic difference-making top 40 pick. Uh, the, the edge rusher, mm -hmm. DJ Johnson out of Oregon, is fine, but 80th overall, 24-year-old edge rusher, I think it's, like, an above-average player. I'm I'm selling Carolina. I, people think that a 33-year-old Adam Thielen uh, and often injured DJ Chark and Mingo is a good receiving core. I think it's one of the worst in the NFL by a comfortable margin. Um, Austin Corbett, the right guard, is probably not going to start the year. That's why they took Chandler Savala in the fourth round, a, a good prospect, but, you know, again, a rookie. So, anyway, long answer short, the defense is pretty good. The division stinks. The NFC stinks. But there's just, in my opinion, way too much buzz about this team being like a playoff contender that I just don't really see. Yeah, I'm with you, Brad. I think, like, I think the coaching staff is, is amazing. Like, they did put together a great coaching staff across all phases. I think they have some great leaders in the locker room taking like a young team that could, you know, coach them up. But yeah, I think it, th there is a little bit of overhype there. Um, the receivers again, like before free agency, I mean, this receiving core was really, really bad. We're talking like LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall being the uh, wide receiver one and two. Now I think, you know, Thielen and Shark are both upgrades in that, in that sense. But again, it's 33 year old Thielen and DJ Shark didn't even play a full season last year can't really count on him to play a full season and then you know Jonathan Mingo I think to me Mingo was kind of overdrafted based on him being one of the few big receivers in the strap in the draft class like this was a pretty small and light draft class in terms of height and weight and Mingo being like 6'2 200 plus pounds like teams who have a prototype at receiver are going to try to over like get, a, get guys that fit that prototype and Mingo is one of those guys that I feel, you know, kind of fits what Frank Reich and Fitter look for. If you look what, you know, Seattle's done in their drafts and what Reich looked for in, in Indianapolis. So um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an okay offense. I mean, Miles Sanders, I don't know. I don't even know if he's an upgrade over Deontay Foreman because Foreman played really well down the stretch last year. It's a solid offensive line, but again, like it's a, it's a lot of projection on Bryce Young being a, at least league average rookie quarterback coming in. Um, and you have to assume that this coaching staff can help elevate some of the lesser talent that, that they have, you know, on parts of the offensive defense. The, I think analog from a coaching perspective would be what Jacksonville had last year, which is they went from urban Meyer to Doug Peterson's a huge, you know, from bad to really good. I think the same is here. Like I think that rule, all of the data out there would suggest wasn't fantastic. Uh, Frank Reich, I've made the argument as a top, tier coach in the league i think based on from a decision making standpoint um maybe not from a quarterback selection standpoint but um from an offensive standpoint certainly 
Um, the problem is that if you look at this, and I'm looking just at it on PFF.com, which you know you can go look at the lineups on both sides, right? The PFF Plus subscription, and you look at the PFF grades across the board, and it's a smattering of mid 60s. Like that's what it is. And at receiver, on the offensive line, uh, on defense, like they had, I think one, they have one starter, one slated starter that had a, a better than 70 PFF grade. Um, zero of them on actually only one on the uh, sorry on the offense, and that's Miles Sanders. So. You know, I like not not a lot to be excited about there. I, I kind of lean um, under as much as I like Frank Reich, but I, I don't think I'm I'm allocating any capital at uh, at this moment. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get to some awards here. So these um, odds are on DraftKings.com, DraftKings Sportsbook. Right? That's where we're looking at them. You can also find them on the app, certainly, um, and the, and I'm sure that you can find them in other places. But we use the lines. From DraftKings. Um, before we get to those, reminder to go to pff.com and the PFF app and get yourself a PFF Plus subscription. You can get 20% off the promo code forecast, F R E C A S T. Uh, that will give you all of the great premium content, all of the fantasy tools, some new ones that are coming soon uh, that you're going to be really excited about. If you liked the mock draft simulator, that is refreshed for 2024 in a premium fashion. Um, and uh, there is rumor out there that there's another. Um, Another trinket that uh, Timo is working on uh, to feed the people with here later this offseason. So get yourself a subscription and be ready for the upcoming year. Um, okay, let's start with um, just the, the biggest award out there, obviously, which is MVP. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you guys um, a sense of the favorites here and then we'll start with Brad. Uh, so Mahomes, the favorite, 650. Joe Burrow is 7 to 1. Josh Allen, plus 750. Hertz, Herbert, both 10 to 1. Lamar is 15 to one fields and Trevor Lawrence, along with Aaron Rodgers, That's a tremendous group uh, is 60 or 16 to one to 18 to one Dak 20 to one. Uh, and then you go to Deshaun Watson. So I'll stop there. Um, let's start with you, Brad. What do you make of the, um, the list here? Yeah, I think I like Dakota Prescott here, Dakota rain Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback um, missed five games last year. So I think you also kind of get cooked in a little bit of, you know, such a substantial improvement from a statistical standpoint. Uh, you know, the win loss column up was obviously solid for Dallas regardless last year, they are going to lean on their defense, but I think it was almost underrated how poor their receiving options were last year beyond CD lamb. I mean, a 30, 30- five-year-old T.Y. Hilton gets signed in like week 14 and he was the second best receiver they had for stretches of games. Um, Michael Gallup finally gets fully healthy now. I think that will help. You obviously trade for Brandon Cooks. You draft Luke Schumacher in the second round to add to a, a decent collection of tight ends. Uh, I just think he could have a year where they win the NFC East potentially. They win the NFC potentially. We've seen him put up, you know, 5,000 plus passing yards in a season and his interceptions last year, a lot of them were on third downs, kind of like arm punts and, and tipped passes and, and just a lot of kind of fluky interceptions in his game last year. I think you clean that up and instead you have more of a refined, clean, you know, 4,500 35 to 40 and 10 picks um, and, and they win 13 games or maybe the one seed, the NFC. Uh, I think it's a good bet for him at 20 to one. Arjun, what you thinking? Yeah. Um, I, I got to go with Trevor Lawrence at, at 16 to one. Um, you know, I'm, I've, I'm really all in on the Jags this year. I've, you know, already have a sizable bet on their division. I got minus 140 and I think this is just Trevor Lawrence's year. You look at their offense, they've really kept the exact same guys. Lost Jawan Taylor, but Lawrence is, again, one of the best in the NFL and not letting pressures turn into sacks. You can find that on you know pre, the premium stats. 
uh, on PFF. Um, they replaced Marvin Jones with Calvin Ridley, so you get an upgrade at the receiver position. And Lawrence gets another year in Doug Peterson's offense in a scheme. Uh, both, you know, coach and quarterback become more acclimated with each other. And the Jags were one of the eight teams to have a positive uh, pass rate over – or one of the nine teams to have – a positive pass rate over expected. So Doug Peterson is going to be throwing off. He's going to be throwing early. And I think because playing in a bad division, you know, Lawrence will probably finish with a pretty good record at something like 10 and seven, or even like 11 and six is not out of the question, which is good enough to win MVP. And I think the Jaguars defense isn't that great. I think there could be a lot more shootouts than people anticipate. They are playing a first place schedule because of, uh, because they won the AFC South last year. So I think because of the combination of having a lot of volume playing in with Peterson, having a great receiving core to throw to, it rejuvenated Calvin Ridley. They upgraded the offense line with, or I don't know if they upgraded, but they definitely like invested in the offense line with Anton Harrison. I think a lot of things are coming together for Trevor Lawrence to have that huge third, third year breakout and, you know, kind of step into that uh, quarterback that he was uh, projected to be. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, so, I mean, the obvious uh, answer here is Sam Donald at 81 uh, <laughs> to be the MVP uh, of the National Football League next year. Um, and I say that partially kidding, but I will just let you know I'm going to put something down on that just to hedge uh, my bets because nothing would nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, I do think it's interesting. Some of the the longer shots, Justin Jefferson is at 100 to 1. Um, Tyreek Hill is at 100 to 1. Jamar Chase, 100 to 1. Um, you've got, uh, Christian McCaffrey also hundred to one, um, some super long shots, uh, not so big of a long shot, but one that I do like a little bit here is Kirk cousins at 50 to one. I think it's absolutely disrespectful that cousins is 50 to one while like Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, Kenny freaking Pickett uh, have, have better odds. Uh, Daniel Jones is also 50 to one. Um, but, but cousins, here's the thing. He gets a second year playing in that offense. It was very good, very efficient offense last year. They added another receiving option through the draft in Jordan Addison. Um, and he's got Justin Jefferson. who's going to go out there and, and be amazing. Now I could see, you know, obviously if he has a huge year and you know, Justin Jefferson does, it, it takes away from, from Cousins. But I think the path to winning that division is right there. The NFC stinks. Um, so I do like that one as a big long shot. And then I'll give you, I think both of the ones that you guys mentioned make a ton of sense. So I'll just throw this other one in there. Aaron Rodgers at 16 to one. The narrative that I will, kind of keep writing here is I, I think he was pretty banged up last year, played through it. And the supporting cast was a complete abomination. And he goes from that to being healthy, to having a much better team. I think the path to winning that division is right there for them as much as it will definitely be a, you know, having to get acclimated sort of situation. Remember the offense, they're going to be running and Daniel Hackett's over there. Right. So this is going to be a lot more familiar for Rogers and I think other people are going to have to uh, adjust around him. And I think that'll be just fine. So I can see them getting off to a hot start. And then here's the thing. They win that division. That's a really good division, right? So I think that gives them, uh, gives Rodgers a, a, a real nice opportunity. So um, those ones I like. Are there any big long shots that you guys would would sprinkle a little bit on? None really jump out to me. I tried to find a, a spicy hot take at the bottom of the list, but I, I, none none jumped out. Nothing better than Sam Darnold, to be honest. It's honestly, I know you're half kidding, but it's it, it is the long shot bet if you're gonna make it, you might as well make it. I mean, he might be the best thrower of the football in San Francisco 49ers history per multiple reports. I don't know, I don't know if you saw that, but uh he might be the only thrower of the football in San Francisco 49ers uh, <laughs> history per multiple reports. Um Arjun, any long shots you like? 
no honestly i mean i think we covered the ones i like the most on in the, in the not non-long shot ones offensive player of the year the leader uh, at the top two leaders at the top three actually i should say both 10 to 1 all three 10 to 1 justin jefferson jamar chase and christian mccaffrey austin eckler 15 to 1 your boy aj stefan diggs and jonathan taylor Devontae adams and cooper cup tyreek hill Debo samuel and derrick henry are all 20 to 1 lamar jackson 22 uh to 1 which is kind of interesting because he's the only quarterback uh that's on this list uh saquon barkley uh 22 to 1 uh as well uh i'm oh, sorry Jalen Hurts also a quarterback, obviously, is on this list. Uh, but the quarterback's down way, way farther down because they're obviously um, more likely to win MVP than offensive player of the year. That traditionally goes to a non-QB. Um, some other non-QBs that are noteworthy here, Amon Ross St. Brown is 25 to 1. Travis Kelsey, 25 to 1. Garrett Wilson, 25 to 1. And my guy, Brees Hall, is 35 to 1. Uh, I'll start with you, Brad. Did you mention CeeDee Lamb? Uh I might not have. I'm looking at like a consensus site because, of course, I'm in New York and they don't have, but yeah. I, so I don't want to give a bad line. But if it says 60 to 1 on this site, which I'm guessing is not the price at DraftKings, but, um, but he is 50 to 1 at DraftKings. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, and that is, that is certainly my, my bet. That's for the sure. Bet. So I liked him a lot last year. Uh, I, I think we had a graphic go out, you know, they, they pulled the analysts mm-hmm. at PFF and, and I threw him in the ring. Look, again, Dak Prescott missed five games, and CD still had a monster season, made his first Pro Bowl. You're going to get the Dallas narrative, the big market, all those things. Yes, they improved the people around him, but I honestly think they approved the people around him enough to where he still is going to get a million targets, be very productive, but not lose target share or lose opportunities. Just frankly, as defenses less keyed in on him and get better, you know, less great matchups. But I love here, though, too, is he's going to play in the slot. We know now with Gallup and Brandon Cooks, they're going to keep him where he is. He's going to get safety. He's going to get linebackers. He's going to get nickel primary corners. Um, again, it's a high-powered offense that – you know, the defense is so good. Maybe they play in some low-scoring games, which is a bit of a risk. But, but yeah, I, I'm clearly buying all things Cowboys. And 50-1 to 1 is crazy. If, if I'm on Ross St. Brown, who I do love as well in this market, is half the price, um, then I'll take CeeDee Lamb all day long. Yeah, I'm, you? I'm shocked at that 50-1 to 1 line. I thought that would be closer to, like, 25-1 to 1 or something. Um, I, I'm going to go with uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, I thought – Wilson had a great year last year, ranked ninth in uh, PFF receiving grade. He ranked uh, he ranked uh, 14th in total receiving yards, despite playing with, you know, Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. Like he had a great year last year as a rookie. Now he gets Aaron Rodgers, a rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers. And I think more importantly, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, you know, being Rodgers offensive coordinator um, in the two years that or in, in 2020 and 2021, when Hackett was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in Green Bay, uh, the Packers did throw the ball about 2%, 3% more than expected. So they're not, you know, I, I don't think Hackett's going to come in and try to like impose the run in New York. I think they will try to throw it often and early. Garrett Wilson is the type of guy, you know, he is the alpha wide receiver one in the New York uh, Jets receiving room. Look at what Devontae did in his, you know, in his years uh, with Aaron Rodgers in New York. I mean, in 2021, about 1,500 uh, receiving yards, 11 touchdowns in 2020, 18 receiving touchdowns. And one of the things I think Wilson was good at last year, but just didn't get a chance because of the bad quarterback play was, you know, use his abilities in the red zone. And I think that was something that we saw a little bit here and there, but when Rogers like 
you know, he has, he forms a connection with Wilson. I think that could be a very, very scary duo. And, you know, I think they are playing in a tough division. They are playing in an overall tough conference. So it's not like they're going to just be able to run the ball out to, to win games. I think they're going to have to be able to throw. And I think because Wilson kind of fills that Devontae Adams role in Nathaniel Hackett's offense, I think there should be a lot of volume there. And, you know, Devontae ranked top five in receiving yards and touchdowns uh, in, in the past two, in the two years he had Hackett and Rodgers. And I think Garrett Wilson could step into that role. So I like that price at 25 to one. And I think Wilson could have another, like a, a leap over what he produces uh, rookie year. Yeah, I like both of those. I, the CeeDee Lamb one is uh, probably my favorite bet that I've seen on the board. So um, hopefully if you're listening, you're able to grab that before the price changes because I can't imagine. Um, I'll throw one other one that that is similar to that, which is AJ Brown. Now that he's also 50 to one, the worry with him is he's, a lot more likely to miss some snaps. He's got a lot of other players on that team. They're going to get a lot of love for any big year that he has. But um, remember, there's also the narrative that he kind of came in and, and turned that offense around to a certain extent. So I do think he'll get a lion's share of the credit if he has a huge year as well. Um, and I like the matchups that he's going to have against all of those teams uh, in, in the NFC East as well. Um, CeeDee Lamb, phenomenal, uh, as we talked about. Um, I'll throw one other uh, that I like out here. By the way, it's hilarious. Like DeAndre Hopkins is 41. Uh, Trey Lance is 45-1. Um, relative to CeeDee Lamb, that's just absolutely amazing. Um, but uh, I, I do I, I do like Tyreek Hill at 20 to 1, closer to, to one of the favorites. I, I just if Tua, you know, Tua wasn't healthy for so much of last year, if he's a little bit more healthy when he's out there. I mean, he's just feeding Tyreek Hill. He's just pumping him the ball left and right. Um, and that's going to result in a massive, massive stat line. His He was on pace halfway through the year last year. I think he was, you know, he was in the MVP running um, with, with the type of numbers that he was putting up um, and ended up, I think, our third highest graded, second or third highest graded uh, receiver, uh, maybe even first actually last year. Um, don't uh, don't call me on that. But um, 21, I like that. I like that number for, uh, for Tyreek. Let's go to... DPOY uh, favorite here is Miles Garrett and or two Miles Garrett and Mike Parsons both seven fifty. TJ Watt is plus eight fifty. Nick Bosa ten to one. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the Riz King himself fourteen to one. Max Crosby fifteen to one. Hassan Reddick is twenty to one. Aaron Donald twenty five to one. Brian Burns also twenty five to one. Aiden Hutchinson, Quinn Williams thirty to one. Chris Jones thirty five along with Roquan Smith formerly of Brad's Chicago Bears, Fred Warner, Pat Sertan, both 40 to one. And then you've got Joey Bosa, Rashawn Gary at 45, where you get to uh, the fifties, which is Chase Young and Matt Judon. Start with you, Brad. Yep. So another long shot that I love here, uh, I'm seeing 80 to one uh, for Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher of the Miami Dolphins. I had a 90 pass rush grade last year, 70 total pressures. His 20% pass mm. rush room rate was top 10 among edge defenders. Uh, his 16% pressure percentage was top 10 as well. Um, you go to Miami defense and now has Vic Fangio that is going to have these guys teeing off. They bring in Bradley Chubb, who I think is clearly inferior to Jalen Phillips. You have Christian Wilkins. You have a lot of other bodies in that defense. Uh, but I think Phillips is the man for this job. Uh, and I think that he has less odds than Christian Wilkins and Bradley Chubb for some reason. I think even Javon Holland, the safety, great player, uh, has shorter odds than Jalen Phillips as well. So former first-round pick. I also love that 
we have all the great underlying metrics, like I just mentioned, but only had nine sacks last year. So if he has, you know, some better sack regression, has like 15, 16 sacks, oh, it came out of nowhere. He was a nine sack guy last year. Like, no, it didn't, didn't come out of nowhere. You know, sacks were a fluky, noisy stat. Um, I love him at 80 to one. Yeah, that's fantastic. What about you, Arjun? Yeah, so Phillips is actually 100 to one on DraftKings, so a little bit of a better oh. price. Um, and I, I really like that one. I didn't even notice that one, but I'm all in on the on the Dolphins defense. I think the one thing I want to say real quick is like, you know, I, I mean, I haven't been betting like too long. It doesn't make sense to really be betting like a secondary player. Um, it seems a little bit tough for secondary players to get the award. I mean, in the last 10 years, Stephon Gilmore is the only uh, you know, corner slash safety to to receive depoy. And just what we know about coverage, like it's so fluky year over year. So if you're betting on someone like Sauce Gardner or Pat Sertan, like, yeah, they're great cornerbacks, but they're also, you know, they're also subject to volatility at the position. And they say they have like a hamstring injury. They suffer early in the year. Like that's something that can hinder their performance. It would hinder any player's performance, but I think secondary more importantly. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, I just the long shots of Depoy don't really like excite me. I think honestly, just betting Miles Garrett does seem like the best option in my opinion. I think you look at the Browns; they upgraded the interior with Alvin Tomlinson, got uh, Obo Okoronkwo from the Houston Texans. So it's not like Garrett Garrett shouldn't be seeing the double teams he sees as often. Um, Jim Short, I think, is a great defensive mind. I think he'll put uh, Garrett in positions to, to succeed. I saw him in one on one situations and. You know, Garrett, I think last year for what it was worth, I think he was one of the best uh, edge players at his position like he is normally. Um, but I think now that he has more help around him, you know, he'll be able to produce. And 73 pressures last year, ranked fifth, uh, you know, 93.5 PFF pass rushing grade, ranked first among all edge players. I think this is the year he'll finally put it all together. One tremendous season. And I think, uh, you know, he will be rewarded for it because I think the Browns will be better than we expect. And so he'll get a lot more recognition than I think he will, he would have been years prior. Yeah. He should have been, I mean, he was right up there last year. I remember talking to Sam Monson about, you know, who to put in the, who to put in the slot there um, at, at, for the all pro voting. And, um, you know, we were looking and comparing Bosa Parsons and, and Garrett. And I mean, Garrett just, had a phenomenal year. I mean, absolutely phenomenal year. And I think relative to those other guys did not get anywhere near the type of publicity. So even he will feel like a little bit of coming out of nowhere. So I like that quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I don't love the board here. I, I really like the angle that Brad has looking at some value. I mean, Aaron Donald at 25 to one is, is a slap in the face to be perfectly honest. I think the narrative will be tough because that team is going to suck in all likelihood. But here's the thing. That team will suck. They're also still playing in L.A., so they're going to get some some time. You know, it's still going to get some uh, some TV love. Um, the the fact that it, the, the matter is, I don't think Aaron Donald is coming back to play and just kind of half-ass it. The guy's an absolute monster. He's playing in a division where I you look at the quarterbacks that could be playing in that division. I mean, it's like it could be the worst division of quarterbacks that are out there. And that means that he's just going to have, you know, a field day, um, you know, sacking Colt McCoy and Sam Donald and Geno Smith over there. So um, I, I like Donald at uh, uh, Aaron Donald at, um, at 25 to one Aaron, Aaron Donald. That, that might be his last time, but it's at the time of the season ends. Um, but I like him at 25 to one. Your point Arjun is, is so good about the, the corners and secondary players. I mean, 
even more than a corner, a non-corner secondary player. Like I love Derwin James. The guy will have to have a, you know, a season you've never seen from a safety to get a uh, defensive player of the year. And how many interceptions did, did Stephon Gilmore have when he won? Was it, he had like 10, 12 interceptions, something like that. It's at least like eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. At least eight. Yeah. So, and we just know, <laughs> you know, it, that's such a fluky, uh, such a fluky stat. So um, I do like that one. Um, okay. Let's move on to, uh, we'll mention this briefly. So uh, comeback player of the year. DeMar Hamlin is minus 650. I think the idea here, we were just talking about this before, um, is if he just plays a snap, maybe even if he is on the roster, um, this is like a lock. But let's just, for the sake of it, look at the, the odds here because everyone else is 25 to 1. That's Tua, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G, Cooper Cup, and then Baker Mayfield is 31. I'm not exactly sure what Baker's coming back from, but um, uh, being bad, um, most improved. That's what, um, what's Russ coming back from? <laughs> yeah. like, this, poor guy made 80 is, million. Like, oh, it's, you know, poor, poor SOB. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, if you know, kind of aside from the Demar Hamlin thing, like, like, let's say that he doesn't play at all this year. Um, any of these that you guys like, especially one I really like. You didn't mention uh, again. I'm looking at like a consensus site that has 25 to one for Chase Young. Uh, I don't know what it is at DraftKings, but I actually really like this play. Um, in particular, I love it now that he Thank had his know. option. Yeah, now that he has option declined, I like it way more. If he didn't, I probably wouldn't like it as much. So he's going into a contract year, former number two overall pick. You know, I don't need to give you all the narratives, but look, whenever he does play, he grades in the 80s for us across the board. As a as a pass rusher, as a run defender, you again get all these phenomenal players across this defensive line, maybe the best defensive line in football, um, that can give him a lot of cleanup pressures and cleanup sacks and and boost those, those you know traditional stats for him. But but yeah, I mean, a guy that look, we all had all the buzz in the world, number two overall pick, and um, you know, just hasn't been able to get out there. Played about 150 snaps last year. But, you know, again, if he comes out, if they sneak in the playoffs somehow with Sam Howell and he has 10 sacks, I I love the value on Chase Young. Solid. AJ, anything that you like here? Um, sticking on my Jags bandwagon, Calvin Ridley at thirty-five to one. I don't know if he'll, he's going to get as much of a narrative <laughs> in the right way as as I want for this yeah. bet. Um, but Maybe I mean, not. we saw Gino Gino last year. I mean, just step in, become one of the better quarterbacks in the league, and like he didn't. The narrative on him was just he was just like they wrote him off and he didn't write back, right? And like with Ridley, it's just like he didn't play last year. And if he steps in and is a top five receiver, when he comes back playing with the top six or seven quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, like he's going to put up numbers. And I think if he puts up numbers, he, you know, plays a full season. I think he should be in contention for this award. And again, like, I just think he's that good of a talent to where if he turns it around, like people will forget about his 2021 season where he was injured about 2022 when he was, you know, suspended. So um, I think the, I think there's a little bit of value there, but yeah, this is a tough one to bet just because of uh, DeMar Hamlin's situation. Zach Wilson is 80 to one. I can't even imagine the script. It would have to be written to see that one happen. Uh, the, the only one that I kind of like here is Von Miller at 60 to one. Um, but but you're, you're definitely betting the long shot here if you go with it. All right, let's wrap up with coach of the year. Interesting set here. Dan Campbell is plus 850. Sean Payton, nine to one. Robert Salat, 12 to one, as well as Matt Everflus, Frank Reich, 18 to one. D'Amico Ryan's 20 to one. Zach Taylor, Shane Steichen, Mike Tomlin, Mike McDaniel, Kevin Stefanski, Doug Peterson, and Dennis Allen are all 22 to 1. LaFleur, Carroll, Staley, 
Belichick, Arthur Smith, 25 to 1, Sean McBay, Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, 30 to 1. Uh, and I'll just stop reading there and let uh, Brad, you tell us what you like best. Yeah, I, I like Steichen there at 22 to 1. I think the the narrative of, let's say they do play Anthony Richardson right away. You know, we opened the show talking about Bryce Young. There had been some rumblings that some people in that building do kind of want to throw him into the fire and let him start right away. Mm-hmm. I It's funny. Like, their team was so bad last year. You no, know, literally dead last in EPA per play. Had a lot of issues. Their offensive line in particular, which is one of the most expensive in the NFL, was terrible. Um, but you have a, a Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. You add in Josh Downs. Uh, you have an offensive line that maybe they get healthier, just play better or have a quarterback they want to, you know, go fight for. And then you could bring in Shane Steichen. I think if they somehow find a way to get a wild card or I don't know, the Jaguars have troubles and they somehow win that terrible AFC South, um, you know, maybe Steichen is the way to bet that at 22 to one. Arjun, what do you think? Um, I like Mike McDaniel at 22 to one. I think, you know, I, I do wish in hindsight, I maybe bet this instead of dolphins to win the AFC East mm-hmm. um, because I think like it did, it is going to be a tough division. You probably have to win 11 or 12 games to, you know, win out in this division. Um, and, you know, if you look at it from that angle, I mean, Mike McDaniel is kind of the architect of this all this whole offense. I mean, people don't really seem to be giving two of the credit as much as, you know, it's Mike McDaniel putting two in, in the right uh, situations to succeed, getting, you know, scheming Tyreek and Waddle open. And I think, you know, he will get most of the credit and they added a change to the offense this year. So um, I think, I think McDaniel 22 to one is a, is a good bet. And if they do win the AFC East, I think there's a high likelihood that he ends up winning the coach of the year award as well. Yeah. McDaniel, I was the same page as you um, there. I just think it's all about who's going to get the credit. If a team that's not fa- not favored to win the division wins. <laughs> right. I think that's kind of the, the way that I sort of think about this. Um, so uh, there are a couple here. The, the other one that sticks out to me where it's probably not going to be as much the quarterback, but more the architect of the teams, the, the term you used is Pete Carroll. And I think Pete Carroll deserved some recognition last year for what he did. And I could see this year it being that much better, but people kind of lumping in what he's done over the past two years into this award, right? The, the fact that he, I think getting some credit for, getting rid of Russell Wilson and building this team with young players. The division sucks, right? The, the the best team in the division doesn't have a quarterback that anyone would want ever. So like the, the, the opportunity is wide open, um, drafted some players that I think we could see making a contribution right away. Um, and so I think Carol would get credit there because he kind of made those big moves. He trusted in Geno Smith and the, the narrative around the Seahawks is that Pete Carroll builds a culture that that drives that team forward. So uh, I like it at 25 to one. I hate all the favorites. Like I, Dan Campbell at 850 to one, I cannot stand. I would rather bet Kevin O'Connell at 35 to one, frankly, um, than, uh, than Dan Campbell at, at plus 850. Um, Sean Payton, I mean, what, did, what are they going to have to do? I mean, even if there's improvement, there there's no shot they win the division. Um, so I don't like any of those any of those favorites. Yeah, the Peyton one, I get the narrative, like, oh, if he fixes Russ, but just like what would hell yeah. you said, like they would have to win the, the AFC West, but which they're just they're just not gonna do. But but fixing Russ, it's like we've already seen Russ be a top five quarterback before. Right. Like, you right. know, it's like 
I don't know. It's super bad. Like if you can make recipe less corny, then yeah. You the, then you deserve, the yeah, like an Emmy or like a like a Tony or something. I, you know, <laughs> it's a whole separate category. A Nobel Peace Prize, I believe, is what he <laughs> would, would deserve um, if he made that happen. Um, yeah, some other ones that, that are long shots here, like Rabel thirty five to one, Josh McDaniels thirty five to one as well. I, I like O'Connell a lot more than than all of those. Dable thirty five to one, Todd Bowles forty to one, Mike McCarthy forty to one, Andy Reid is fifty to one. Um, the the Andy Reid one is interesting because like he probably doesn't belong at 50 to one um, because of, you know, he's going to do a great job coaching, but like, what is, what would Andy Reid have to do to win coach of the year? I think he might have to win like 17 games. (laughs) I I think, I think the only other way is if let's say that Mahomes gets hurt and like they go with Chad Henney and like still win the division then I think you're like, oh my God, we forgot about how good Andy Reid is. Like we gotta give him gotta give him Yeah, they'd have to experience some some serious adversity for him to be even in the running. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. So anyways. Um, any others uh before we, we close out that we did not hit on um that you guys like? No, I just wanna the irony of if if Arjun cashes on a, a bet on a guy who is only coming back because he placed a bet is just it's just I mean, hey, it's you can't write a better story. So maybe, maybe that's why it's a good bet. Yeah, and I think you know, it wasn't as heinous maybe as like, you know, it initially felt to people. So I could see that. Um, but yeah, that would be an interesting look. That would be that'd be great. I think I think we deserve it. Um, all right, that was our that was our show. We'll be back with you on Wednesday evening as we usually do Sundays and Wednesdays in the meantime enjoy the printing press discord if you're looking for the link in the description and you can uh, holler at us on Twitter as well have a wonderful week love y'all peace